Hello, everybody. Hey, now. Welcome to the Sam Dean Podcast, where we talk about life uncensored. Today on the show is just me. Some of my thoughts, some introspective, some some ideas, hopefully a little motivation. Our podcast is sponsored by Van Zant Coffee Company. It's our company. We roast coffee beans right here in East Texas. It's the best coffee you've ever had. Order yours, VanZantCoffee.com. Also, our show is brought to you by Protein Proletas. That's P-R-O-L-E-T-A-S.com. And what it is, is it's, it's protein ice cream bars. Some of the ice cream bars have 24 grams of protein. It tastes great. And I sell them at both CrossFit gyms, CrossFit Van Zant in Canton and CrossFit Van Zant South in Athens. So go to Proletas.com to order yours and have a fun snack after you uh, work out. So thanks a lot and thanks for listening. All right. Well, here we are. Uh, or here I am. And uh, me and Murphy. But uh, today's my first podcast, just solo. And um, I've been wanting to do this for a while. And uh, I want to kind of talk about uh, why I'm doing this podcast anyway. And I've been wanting to do this podcast because I want to learn as much as I can. And I want to learn as as much as I can about the people that I really care about. Um, and when I get to interview other people, you get, and you know, a lot of my shows are, you know, two hours long. You get the whole story. Uh, too often when you're, when you're listening to someone, uh, you only get these little fragments and a lot of it's just small talk and they're saying something, you know, cause they think they, you, you know, it might just be what you want to hear. But, uh, with the podcast, I really, can practice my active listening and ask great questions and really digest people's stories. Um, so this morning I woke up, uh, had the morning off, and uh, I ate three boiled eggs that Ashley made, and they were tasty. Uh, got dressed, went out and uh, checked on the cows. Took the uh, Dodge Power Wagon over the water crossing. Make sure my water crossing's still navigable. I think that's a word, navigable. Make sure I could still cross uh, Pottawatomie Creek. And I was able to, and I was like, man, that was cool. I really love my Power Wagon. I have a, uh, I've had this truck for about two years, but I bought a 2005 Dodge Power Wagon off of eBay and uh, went up to St. Louis, Missouri, me and Jose, Drove from um, drove my white Chevy Colorado from Athens to St. Louis to pick up the power wagon that I bought off eBay, and I brought my tow bar. So once I got the power wagon, we towed the Colorado back. Anyway, it's been a great truck. I had it has two over two hundred thousand miles on it. Uh, right now, two hundred eighteen thousand something to be exact. If you don't know what a Dodge power wagon is. It, Originally, it was a military truck that Dodge made back in the 50s, I believe. Not the 50s, the, uh, yeah, 50s, 50s and 60s. But anyway, the latest generations, I think mine's considered a third generation. It's a 2005 model. And every power wagon since 2005 has these these things that normal trucks don't have. So they're all three-quarter ton, and they all have four-wheel drive. 
but they all have a factory winch on the front. So mine has a worn 12,000 pound uh, winch on the front of it that's tucked away nicely so you don't even really notice it. Uh, I used it today, by the way, to pull out a, a, a big, huge branch that had fallen on a, a fence for one of my rent houses. But also they have, even more importantly, they have front locking differential and a rear locking differential. And they also have a button to disconnect your front sway bar in, in order to give your, your tires and your front axle better articulation when you're going over rocks or bumps or whatever. So, for instance, when, I'm, when I was going down over the creek today, I had, to s I had to go kind of at an angle and fit one of my tires down the big drop-off. So I disconnected the sway bar, and that tire was able to go all the way down there to get traction to help pull the truck over. Now, my Colorado probably would have made it because it's smaller and it also has front lockers, but it has an independent front suspension, and it doesn't have as much travel with the, with the tires and stuff. So it would have been way more off-camera, but still probably would have made it. And anyway, it, it's a 2005. I paid $9,500 for it. And the only thing I've done to it since then, uh, I had the front end uh, tightened up and new new uh, ball joints and stuff. Uh, and it made it to where it tracked better because the alignment was pretty off and, uh, you know, it was just kind of loose steering. And I got new Toyo tires on it recently, 35-inch tires. And it's just been a great truck, you know. It's Of course, it's a gas. So all the power wagons are... are like a gas engine they don't make it in a diesel unfortunately but um so it gets 10 miles to the gallon i also got some new tail lights put on because one night uh, me and ashley were in it and i uh, backed into the barn and broke my tail light off and i had it taped up for a long time and i finally just got some some new factory tail lights and put them in but if you can if you need a good ranch truck and this is what i consider my ranch truck find an old dodge power wagon and buy it it just got so many cool features. Anyway, love the truck. Used the winch today. So after I had my bold eggs, got dressed, went over the creek, I actually filmed a little short video of it, put it on my Instagram page. Sometimes I feel the need to do that. I don't know why. I just wanna I just wanna show people like how cool I am or or you know, I just want to show people, like, I got out this morning, went across the creek, and I just thought what I was doing was really awesome, so I just wanted to share it with my friends, I guess. And uh, actually, the first time I went through, my dad called me right in the middle and stopped my video, so I had to do it again. And I uh, got a couple of mosquito bites. Um, I'm reading this book now called Killing of Crazy Horse, and the Killing series from Bill O'Reilly and Martin Degard, I believe his name is. I've read them all. This is the latest one, and it's so fascinating. But it, the, it talks about Abraham Lincoln, who was um, in Illinois, was part of the militia. And uh, actually, he was picked as an officer, too, to fight, I believe, the, uh, Creek, the Creek Nation. But anyway, he didn't see any action during the, uh, during the Indian fighting but later on when he was running for president i guess or among the on the campaign trail later in life he goes you know i lost a lot of blood to mosquitoes on the in the war <laughs> and i thought that was pretty funny because i lose a lot of blood to mosquitoes out here um so anyway after i got done messing around in the creek 
checking on uh, the cows. I drove to Canton with my chainsaw and my pole saw and uh, found the, went to one of my rental houses on Big Rock Street, went into the backyard, drove in the backyard, found the the large branch that was, uh, that had fallen on the fence and decided what to do. Well, the sucker was huge and there was, you know, it was, was kind of grown up around it and there's no real good way to get in there. So I just hooked the winch around it, gently pulled it off the fence back into the yard. And uh, then I started to cut it up. Well, I took the old Echo chainsaw out that I've had for years and uh, started cutting. Well, the chainsaw blade was super dull and so it was more like gumming. I was trying to gum the tree to death and uh, cut, you know, just really half-assed, would cut, and um, I was like, man, I'm about to go, I need to go to Ace Hardware and get a new chain, but uh, then I was like, well, let me just use the pole saw, and I just recently put a new chain on my pole saw, so I took my pole saw out and just cut that sucker up like butter, but then I was left with these pretty giant um, just logs of wood, and looking at them, I was like, man, these suckers are going to be heavy. And um, went down to pick up the first one to put it in the back of the truck because I want to bring it back to the ranch to use for fires and stuff whenever we get a big fire going. I picked it up like it was nothing, threw it in the back of the truck, and then I was like, damn. I love doing jobs like this because, you know, I feel like a man, you know, sawing wood, also f mending fences, fixing a fence. But... This is the reason I do CrossFit, so I can still do manly stuff like this, and it doesn't kill me, you know. Most people would pay somebody to come take care of that, but uh, I just did it in just an hour, cut up this huge branch, and this sucker, I mean, this sucker was like definitely 20-something foot long, about as big around as, you know, some your waist, you know, I guess that would be 34 inches or however long big your waist is, and... um yeah, put it in the back of the truck. Then I went to the, you know, went to the gym where Ashley was working because I wanted to show off a little bit, tell her everything I did, and uh, so I got to do that. Saw some old friends there, Crystal McReynolds and Johnny, her new husband. They're in town. Also saw one of my favorite athletes, Brian Fain, who's killing it. And his mom told me Sharon was like, "You need to get some more extra large T-shirts because she's tired of washing." The CrossFit t-shirt. He just got a CrossFit Van Zant uh, extra large t-shirt, a navy one that I got him, and uh, or he, no, they bought it, but he wears it every day. So she's tired of washing it. He loves it so much, and so Brian has lost over a hundred pounds, and so has Sharon. She's doing great, but Brian is uh, one of my friend. So Ben Fain is one of my friends from school. He's a year younger than me. He was in Boy Scouts with me, played football with me. But his dad, Gary Fain, who's passed away, but he was one of our football coaches. And Brian is a is a uh, special needs kid of theirs who was the water boy on the football team whenever, whenever I played on, on Canton High School. And um, now he's a member of CrossFit Van Zant and, and he's killing it every day. So anyway, Sharon was like, you need to get some different shirts because he needs a, he needs some more CrossFit shirts. It's the only thing he likes to wear. So today I'm going to design a new CrossFit shirt and order some so Brian can have some more shirts. That made me feel great. After that, I went by the bank, 
Um, then I went to look at it's another rent house that has a tree. This time the branch was way over the house and I didn't want to mess the house up. So I called Eager Beaver Tree Service. Eager Beaver Tree Service. He's a buddy of mine. But uh, anyway, they're going to come take care of that. Then I dropped some coffee off at Dan Morrow's office for him and Don. And I came back to the ranch where fed the cows, talked to my good buddy Sam Brown on FaceTime, gave him a tour of the ranch and the Lost Cody Bar, and uh, decided to do a podcast. So now I've got the, it's about one one twenty six p.m. on Thursday. I've got a few hours to kill before I go back to the gym and teach CrossFit kids at 4.30, and then two CrossFit classes. I also have to do the workout this evening. Tomorrow on the podcast, I'm having Mike and Bess Suarez coming by the Lost Cody Ranch Bar. They're going to do the podcast. Uh, they own Come and Take It. Um, it's a beer and wine market in Athens where they sell Van Zant coffee, but they also sell like any craft beer that you want. And uh, Bess said that she's going to bring some beers uh, for the show, and we're going to do a beer tasting on the show uh, tomorrow evening. So I'm excited about that. Um, Mike and Bess are great people. Family's awesome. And I'm interested to know about how you run a grocery store or, you know, like how, you you know, people that sell beer, you know, how much do they buy it for? How much they sell it for? You know, how do they keep it stocked and stuff like that? I'm terrible. Like at CrossFit, I'm terrible at stocking the, like the drinks and the, you know, T-shirts, obviously. I'm always running out and or I don't have too much and it, it lasts for three years or it sells out immediately and everybody's wanting it, but I, I can't order it again. Or, you know, it's just, I guess that's um, logistics that, uh, that it's, it's, it's really tough uh, for me to deal with. But yeah, that would be, you know, it's all about, and you know, grocery stores has everything to do with, with logistics. And um, I heard Walmart, like when you go to Walmart and you buy something, it immediately when he when it scans across the checkout line, it immediately sends a an email to the distribution warehouse. They put another one of those on the tr- on the next truck coming to that Walmart, and when it gets there, I guess they scan it in and put it on the shelves. Like they know, so they're always stocked, and that's how like, Walmart stays on top of it. Uh, so that's that's interesting. Anyway, they'll be on the show uh, next. Mike, Bess and Mike Suarez, and I'm excited. Um, I had a good talk the uh, yesterday about with some of my members about range of motion, and uh, too often we get we get uh, focused in too much on the amount of weight that we're lifting, and while we need to be concerned about how well we're moving, and range of motion is the most important part. Um, so I tell like my athletes, I don't care if you have a PVC pipe that weighs one and a half pounds and you're using that instead of your weights. If you're going all the way up and all the way down in your squats or whatever movement you're doing, that is what's important. Only then can you add some more weight and then challenge yourself further. Because it, it makes no sense to have a bunch of weight on there and you for only, only to go halfway down, you know. Take for an overhead squat, for instance. If you if you can only squat halfway down, you've got too much weight. 
take it off until you can go the full range. And the reason is, is because we train functional movements. And functional movements, for one, they're categorically unique in their ability to express power. But they need to be measurable, observable, and repeatable. So when you fall on the ground and you get up off the ground, how do you get up off the ground? The first move you have to do is a push-up. And if you're laying flat on the ground, that is the bottom of the push-up. So when you do your push-ups, if you don't go all the way down, then you're not training. The most fundamental thing is getting yourself up off the ground. You're not training it correctly. So when you do a push-up, go all the way up and all the way down. Even if you're doing it from your knees, which is fine, even if you're doing it from a tabletop, or even if you're doing it off the wall or a box, you need to go all the way up to elbow lockout and then all the way down to the ground. Once you do the push-up, when you're getting off the ground, you have to put one foot flat on the ground. So you have to bring a knee up. And that is when we do knees to elbows or whenever we do sit-ups or toes to bar or whenever we climb a rope, we have to bring our knees up. That is an essential piece. Can you lift your knee up and put your foot flat on the ground? So even if you're holding on to like the couch or something and you're trying to stand up, you've got to put that, you bring one knee up, put your foot on the ground. Then you have to bring the other knee up and put your other foot on the ground. So now what position are you in? Well, you're in a deep squat. You're at the bottom of the squat. And then you stand up using, you know, using your heels and your hamstrings and your glutes. But if you're doing squats at the gym and you're not going all the way down, you're not training all the muscles and all the range of motion for the squat. So you're not, you're not doing the functional movement. Now, it's different if you're bodybuilding. If, you, if you're wanting to get just big muscles, you need to, you need to do short reps and put your muscles, uh, you know, time under tension for your muscles. And that's going to generate, you know, big muscles, which I guess are cool, but it's not helping you get more functional outside the gym. Um, so range of motion is key. So don't, you know, whenever... You know, whenever you get 40 or 50 or 60, who cares about how much you lift? Just how well do you move? Once you move well, then start loading up because you need to challenge yourself and you continue to progress. CrossFit never gets easier. You just get better. And that's just something to remember. You know, people are like, man, when I get in shape, these workouts are going to be easy. No, they're not. They never, they're, the workouts are never easy. They're not easy for Matt Frazier. They still suck just as bad for Matt Frazier as they do for anybody else. He's just so much better. He's so much faster because he trains all the time. He trains hard as hell. Um, so, yeah, if Matt Frazier was with me today, one, he could have probably picked the huge log up by himself and moved it back. He wouldn't have to hook the winch to it. But he could have loaded, he could have sawed and loaded the wood in the back of the truck way faster than I could. I did it just fine. And, you know, I sweat. Of course, I sweat when I peel an orange or when I sit on the toilet, I sweat, you know, because I'm a redhead. I, I think it's a redhead thing. I don't know. But um, so anyway, I don't know. I really don't know where I was going with that. But range of motion is key. Also, you know, and I tell people, like, believe in yourself. I have a lot of new members and, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, I can't. I'm never going to finish this workout or, I, you know. Before before the workout even starts, they're already giving themselves negative self-talk. And 
you need to think positive. You need to think that you can do anything. It's it's so empowering to just to know that you can accomplish anything that you really try. Uh, so, you know, believe in yourself. Meaning that, like when I lift weights, and you know, I'm not the best in the world, but I'm pretty good. I've been doing this for a while. And anytime I go for a lift, I see... In my mind, I see success. So I literally picture myself lifting the weight and 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 act successfully. So I see myself doing it successfully, and I like see myself giving like everybody a high five and everybody cheering and like dropping the weight, you know, and celebrating. Because positive, you know, imagery in your head will transfer to to success. If you, in your mind, if you think. If you go into a weightlifting thing, oh, I'm probably not going to get this. I'm going to fail. I'm going to drop this weight on me. Then you're you're 80% likely to fail. And it's like playing golf. Like when you play golf, whenever you line up with, to the golf ball, you should see the perfect shot in your head before you hit. When you're back there taking your practice swings, you should get the mental image of you hitting the ball, the ball going straight down the fairway, landing where you want it to land, and then everybody's saying, hey, good shot, man. If you see that and then you line up and hit it, you're more likely to actually do that. And I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, a lot of the people that are successful will tell you that same thing. And uh, same way with CrossFit, you know, and anything you do, really, basketball, anything. You need to see yourself, uh, see success. Um, and believe in yourself. It's... It, the workout's not going to kill you. Sometimes, I told this to Ryan this morning, I said, you know, Ryan Pan Panel, Ryan, I know you listen to the podcast, man. I'm talking about you. But he goes, I, I'm trying to get him to sign up for the Tribute to Heroes, the competition we're having November 14th. He goes, ah, I'm going to die. I said, well, you're going to want to die, but you're not going to die. It's not going to kill you, you know. <laughs> uh, what else? Going back to cars, I talked about the Dodge Power Wagon. It's cool. I've also got another truck I really love. My other truck is a Chevy Colorado, 2018. Bought it from Henry Lewis, and uh, it's a Duramax diesel. So it's a 2.8 liter small diesel engine. Gets 24 miles to the gallon. But I always love 4x4s with locking differentials. And what? locking differentials give you is if you don't know what this is whenever you drive a like a normal car that's that's rear that's rear wheel drive and two wheel drive whenever you hit the gas one of the tires in the back spin so you just one of your tires in the back is spinning now if you have a limited slip differential whenever that tire starts to spin the other one will eventually kick in and spin with it Whenever you have an electric rear locking differential, if you hit that button, then the tires lock together and they spin at the same rate no matter what. So both of them turn. Now, if you have just a basic 4x4 pickup and you put it in four-wheel drive, either four low or four high, one of the tires on the back spins and one of the tires on the front spin. Unless it's equipped with a limited rear differential or a limited or or sorry electric locking differential 
so not many vehicles have a locker also called a locker a locker in the back and the front axle but a couple of vehicles do the Chevy Colorado ZR2 have, has electric locking differentials, the Dodge Power Wagon, and the Jeep Rubicon. So Jeep Rubicon has the same thing. Also, like a Mercedes G-Wagon has the, these di locking differentials. And the 80s series Toyota Land Cruiser had factory electric locking differentials. And they're, I think the... Uh, the original International Scout had them. Anyway, there's there's a few other vehicles that might have them. Now you can get them aftermarket, but they're they're going to cost you over two thousand dollars, probably per axle. Uh, ARB makes an air, like a air compressor locker that you can get. But it really locking differentials really make a uh, a truck or a Jeep or whatever true truly for four four by four in my opinion. So it's like a tractor, you know, like both wheels spin together and both wheels in the front spin together. And it'll go up anything. Literally, it'll it'll climb a wall. And uh, so I've always been interested in trucks. You know, my dad, growing up, my dad always had cool old trucks. And I've just been just, you know, amazed by them over the years. And now J my son George, he loves vehicles, loves trucks, loves cars. And uh, he loves the, we watched, took him to the, the theater to see Ford versus Ferrari. So he loves the, the Ford GT, which is the Ford supercar. And I'm not talking about the Mustang GT. I'm talking about the Ford GT, which they just made a new one. and I think it's over a million dollars new. Um, but it's the car that beat Ferrari at Le Mans. And um, such a cool car. Uh, Ashley and I had the, uh, the, the privilege and the, the pleasure. We leased a Tesla. And not just any Tesla, but the, the P100D Model S, which P stands for performance, 100 is the how many kilowatt the uh, battery is, and then D stands for dual motor. So it had a motor on the front axle and the back axle, and it was actually a four-wheel drive car, but its performance had ludicrous mode. So it's an electric car, 100% electric the fastest car you could buy at the time. And fast, I mean fast by z going 0 to 60. So it went 0 to 60 in 2.2 seconds. So faster than any, like Lamborghini, Ferrari, or whatever. And, of course, after 0 to 60, they would the other cars, the supercars, would eventually catch up with it. But, man, such an incredible vehicle. In Tesla, the thing I love about Tesla is, like, it's all American-made. Elon Musk, you know, he's from South Africa originally, but he came here, and he created PayPal, and he sold PayPal, and with, I think he got 100 million or 100 billion fr from selling that, and he created Tesla, SolarCity, and SpaceX, and he's created several other companies since then, but these cars, and you know, you might be an electric car hater, I was an electric car hater until I drove a Tesla. If you drive a Tesla, you will be amazed. It's like driving a magic carpet. If you want to drive from here to Dallas, there's nothing better, nothing smoother, nothing funner to drive than a than a Tesla. Uh, I've actually got the Tesla Cybertruck. I have a deposit on it. I can't wait till it comes out. They they started to build the factory in Austin that they're going to build it at, and um, 
it's going to be four but four wheel drive it's going to have a battery that can go over 500 miles on a charge and it's also going to be a generator you're going to be able to plug power tools just directly into the truck they actually have a electric four four wheeler that it will drive up the ramp has a ramp the tailgate's also a ramp it goes up in the back of it it charges so you can get out and ride your electric four wheeler i don't know it's just crazy stuff you know living in the year 2020 2020 has been a shit show i mean no doubt with the coronavirus and all the crap that's happening but being able to be alive right now to see all the technology and you know we got these electric cars that are that are awesome we have you know the internet you know you can watch you can listen to any song you want see any movie you want um we're still Americans, even though our country seems like it's falling apart. It's still the best, like, it's like still like win, winning the lottery to be born in the United States of America. Uh, so many opportunities. Um, but the technology, man, think about just from the 80s. You ever thought, like, like a Kodak, like a Polaroid camera or a, a film, like you're taking pictures and you have to develop this film. Now all of that stuff's on your phone. The the camera that's on your iPhone is better than any Canon Rebel camera that you could have bought, you know, before this. It's it's nuts, and then it's instantly there. You can see it, you can edit it on your phone, and you can upload it to your website or Facebook or, or Instagram. It's just it's amazing. You can shoot an entire movie on your phone, and the quality of it would be better than a lot of the motion pictures in the past. I mean. It's just, it's insane the tech, how technology is moving along, and it, it's, it's just wonderful. I'm excited. I'm excited about the, the possibilities. You know, like, med think about just medically, like, your phone, you know, eventually could be, you know, an app could be used to, you know, take your vitals and take your, you know, blood sample or, you know, breath, pulse ox, all these things. You probably already have that, but, you know, like, you, you're... Your days of going to a hospital waiting room and waiting are probably over. And and it's and it's really for the better. Um, and we're going to move along. I firmly believe eventually everybody will be driving an electric car. Uh, I believe that we'll get most of our energy from the sun, which we should. The sun is an incredible energy source. Why are we not getting uh, energy from the sun? Um I think we'll still need oil and gas. We'll still need that for tires, for roads, and for a lot of other things. But as far as, like, for power, I don't think so. Uh, could be wrong. I don't know everything. I don't know most, actually. I just know, you know. I, you know, the sign. I think the sign of intelligence for someone is, is just being able to admit that you don't know everything. Uh, another reason for this podcast, man, going back to it again, it, I love to learn and I don't know anything, you know, who, compared to who, you know, somebody that comes in and thinks they know everything. I mean, people hate that, you know, we call them the, that person a know-it-all. Uh, in the army, I had Sergeant Lambert, um, Sergeant Major Lambert from England. He, uh, he called... The, he had a term, they say it in the England, the English Army, um, UK or whatever, whatever they're calling themselves these days, those damn Brits. 
he had it was the funniest thing ever. He says like you know we call it like a know it all or a one upper here. Like whenever you have something good to say, you know you you're telling you're proud of yourself, and then somebody comes along instead of just being happy for you, they they one up you. They say so, well well what a you know my car is even faster. Well I drove you know that drove in this or whatever. God I hope I don't do that to people, but I probably do. But anyway. In the UK, he goes, you know what, Sam, he goes, Sam, you know what that person's called in the United Kingdom, don't you? I said, what? He goes, a two shits. I said, what? He said, two shits. He goes, for every shit you've taken, they've taken two. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, two shits. Anyway, that's a funny story. So, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. Well, two shits. So, in the Army... I got some good advice one time. It, at you know, I was an officer, a West Point graduate, coming into a new platoon, second lieutenant. You don't really have any experience. You've been to the schools like Ranger School and Airborne School, and you you know officer training or whatever. So you have the knowledge, but it's just school knowledge. There's no experience. You get to a 39-man platoon in the infantry, and everybody in there. You know, besides the privates and some specialists have more experience than you, especially when I got there, everybody had already been deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan once before me. Um, so the best thing you can do is listen to these guys and, and, and because you know, everybody knows there's the book way of doing something and then there's the real way you actually do it. And uh, of course, the officer's job is, is responsibility. You know, you're legally responsible for your men and the mission and all these things. But the best thing you could do, like machine gun, like we got we got trained on machine guns, like the 240 Bravo, which is, you know, you know, the M60 from, you know, Rambo and all those things from Vietnam. Now we have what's called an M240 Bravo, which now they even have a lighter one. But this was like the 7.62 millimeter, or, you know, basically 308 on a belt that goes on a tripod if you want it to and shoots, you know, it's fully automatic. Well, you have a machine gunner or a couple of machine gunners, actually three in an infantry platoon, but you have one in a squad. And um, the best thing you could do as a leader is go in there and be like, look at it, and then instead of just telling them everything you know about it, get them to teach you. Get your subordinates to teach you and see what they can tell you. You know, they might be, you know, and if they teach you wrong and you, and you, you know, you think about it for a while, you go in and correct them. But let them show you what they know. And then act like they're teaching you something. And they, you know, probably, they probably actually will teach you something. But that'll empower them. And they say, man, I taught the, I taught the lieutenant or I taught the, the boss in this case. You can relate this to anything. The boss, I taught the boss something today. And, you know the best way to learn something is to teach it. So when they're teaching you, they're learning again. And it, it's just, it helps. It's beneficial for everyone. But, you know, if you go in there like a two shits, they're not going to respect you anymore for that. And um, so, plus, like in the podcast, I'm I'm interviewing some older guys like George Bird, 70, 72, Pat Puckett, 74. I'm going to get my dad in here. He's 72, I believe. Um these guys aren't going to be around forever, unfortunately, you know, and I want to know all the stories before they pass and just have them documented. So 
other people can learn and you know being just being completely selfish i want to learn them and um and i'm enjoying doing this. this is the ninth episode like right now but these eight episodes that i've done like every single one of them i've just loved i just sit here have a conversation really digest what i'm what i'm taking in ask questions like when george george berg he said he was 19 when he, he went and enlisted in the marines for vietnam he was 19 years old and he said when he made the decision he did a u-turn on the highway in his car and i asked him what kind of car were you in and he said you know he said plymouth uh something or another but it was funny it just for him to think about you know that and anyway I love it. Love it. Um, so I've been getting, uh, lately I've been getting lots of people booking hunts out at the Lost Cody Ranch. If you didn't know, we have a, a hunting lease here. So when I bought this property, I noticed that the a lot of the pastures were just destroyed by hawks. And I have game pictures. Now I bought some game cameras. And I have some photos of like, groups of 50 hogs so people i put it on i made a facebook page and i put it on the texas department of wildlife page and i also have uh, paul moore with dfw hunting uh, helps book hunts but a lot of people from dallas and houston come up here to go hog hunting and uh i was like man i i don't really want i mean i'll go and shoot the hogs myself but i'd rather have somebody paying me to shoot the hogs so anyway, I just I just got a text. I got somebody coming tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night. Then I have somebody coming the night after that. Um, so this is turning into kind of a a business, if you will. I don't know if I really wanted to get it that much, but maybe they can help me uh, cut down on the hog population. So anyway, I just bought on Amazon. I just bought a uh, I think it's called a gamble or gramble. Uh, so whenever you want to skin a deer or a hog, you hook their their back legs and this thing hoist them up so you can hang them upside down skin them let the blood drain and uh, I have a we have a bunkhouse that you can sleep in if you hunt out here it's $75 a night but it's got a big refrigerator in there and a freezer so they can they can skin the hog or the deer and put it in the freezer and you know take it with them when they go whatever also have like a you know a smoker and a grill they can use to to eat and smoke smoke their meat or whatever they want to do it's, it's really turned into a kind of a cool a cool spot i actually thought about putting that bunkhouse on airbnb as well however <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty spartan um there it is just it's just one room there is an air conditioner like a window unit in there there's two twin beds one one double bed and it has a bathroom with a shower and a toilet but the sink is outside and you know of course the stove and grill and stuff's outside so uh we've had everybody's really enjoyed it we had one couple stay there they're supposed to stay two nights and they only stayed one and we heard uh that the wife said she got bit by a spider <laughs> and uh definitely could have gotten bit by a spider lots of spiders out here but um a lot of people would not sleep would be scared to probably sleep in there it's not a hotel it's not a a nice cabin, you know. This is not, this is not a uh, Beaver's Bend with those cabins. This is, this is the Lost Cody Ranch in Walton Community, Walton, Texas. This is, uh, 
very spartan very woodsy um, lots of snakes out here spiders mosquitoes hogs deer raccoons ducks cows you name it had some hunters the other day say that they saw two lynx lynx and i i know there's bobcat bobcats out here but lynx really so i hope to, i hope it's true i hope we do have some wild cats out here um that'd be cool to see it's kind of like once in a lifetime deal anyway if you want to hunt if, especially if you want to hunt deer this deer season uh book a hunt out here you don't have to travel to west texas to go deer hunting you can just go to athens and hunt here and uh you know especially if you don't want to get on a long-term lease we'll just you can just come out here for one day or one night or or you know wh however you wanted to do it um you can go to uh our facebook page and book it through there or give me a call or whatever and we can book you a hunt uh what else um uh, workouts this week so yesterday's workout was run 800 do 30 clean and jerks and then run at 800 for time and it was tough i was feeling good my my left knee's been giving me some problems and I hopefully it'll be cured and feeling good before the 100 mile race in november but uh it felt good yesterday and got in did my clean and jerks and then got out on the last run obviously the last run was way slow but I knew it was the last thing I had to do, so it uh, wasn't that bad, but I just love exercise every day, and obviously it's what I do for a living, but man, I just, I love it, and I hope you guys do too. If you guys, I mean, it it kind of blows my mind that some people don't exercise every day, and I, of course, I take Sundays off, but exercise should just be just like personal hygiene you know like you brush your teeth every day should should do it in the morning when you get up and at night before your bed but you should exercise at least once a day you should put it in your routine i don't care how busy you are fit it in your schedule schedule around that because long term that's going to have a lot more to do with your success than watching tv or surfing the web or you know anything you know drinking beer at the bar or whatever you do for your pastime you should take fitness seriously and once you start exercising you'll start eating better because you want to see better results and it'll just compound and i love it do it every day no matter what no matter what all right guys well this is kind of short uh thanks for tuning in and uh hope i didn't bore you too much i want to thank my sponsors uh Protein Proletas, Protein Proletas, uh, Greg Garcia's company. So thank you, Greg. Thank you, Van Zant Coffee. And be looking f forward to tomorrow uh, where Bess and Mike Suarez are going to be on the show. And soon after that, we're going to have Virgil Melton. And after that, I'm going to ask my dad, Billy Jack, to be on the show. I'm going to interview Brian Irwin. I want to have Glenn Stern on the show, Julie Stern. I want to have Paul Michael on the show. And, of course, my buddy Patrick Sproul will be on here numerous times. Uh, it's always fun to have Patrick in here. But, anyway, I'm enjoying it. Hope you are, too. Uh, good night, everybody, and see you soon. Bye.